0: Coming up right now, the newest episode from Carr, Gwyn, and Ode on Three Pagans and a Cat. Hey, folks, CJ Grimm here from Poking Dead Things. It's a hard job doing what we do, and it can get kind of gross. We know that you work hard, too, so I'm here to tell you that at the end of a hard day, nothing beats a hot bath and a cold beer. So treat yourself right, head to Twisted Willow Soap Company, and indulge in a bath bomb with your favorite six-pack. Remember, the only girly thing about a bath bomb are the sounds you're going to make in excitement. Twisted Willow Soap Company. Body. Mind. Soul.
1: The sigil, then, shall serve thee for the tracing of a current, which shall call into action a certain elemental force. Welcome to First Steps Sigils, the 66th episode of Three Pagans and a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of 20th century occultist Israel Regardi. You may call me Ode.
0: You can call me Carr. I'm Ode's father.
2: Mary Meat. My name is Gwyn, Ode's mother. Is that
0: hard to say? What? What? Because you said it's the 66th episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And mine s- s- is lot s- there. S- <laughs> Yeah, siblings. and
2: it's the 66th... Six, I can't say it. <laughs> It's a lot of fucking episodes.
0: Yeah.
2: it's the 66th
1: episode <laughs> It is. I practiced saying it a couple of times because I was like, oh boy. Can you say that three times? A lot of S's no. in my mouth right
2: there. I can't even say it once. Cause
0: no. Sigils.
1: It, uh, right, yeah. 66th episode. Sigils, 66th episode, yeah. It's, it was a lot. It was a lot. Oh my God. Okay. But I got it out, so. We got our, all right. first we got our serpent yes. energy yes.
2: going on here.
1: So yeah, we're going to be talking about sigils,
2: a, a topic I'm very excited about because I freaking love sigils. I know you do. I know you and I don't really use sigils that much, but I'm very excited about this topic because I did some research on I I like, the damn, I'm These like, are pretty oh, cool. Intriguing. Yeah. Intriguing. So, but before we do any
1: of that,
0: I know nothing about sigils. Well, well
1: that's, that's fair. You say that at the beginning, practically every episode. That's Well,
0: fair. that's because I I know nothing about anything. <laughs> okay.
2: But then you ask really good, yeah, you, important you provide questions. our critical. So this is good. Beginner, uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> perspective because the first first steps is really useful. <laughs> you are the everyman. You are the person who needs the first step. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All
0: right. cool. <laughs> so, so we have some new patrons. That's housekeeping,
2: right. Housekeeping. It's housekeeping.
0: Uh, cats. We have Cheryl Mc. Greetings. Greetings,
2: Welcome,
1: welcome.
0: And then hunters are Sarah Parkinson, Luke Masters, Ushia Ursa. Ushia Ursa, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Welcome hunters. Yep. Yeah, three new hunters and one new cat I in a week. I can't believe it.
2: Yeah. In a week. That's so amazing. And thank you so much for your patronage yep. and for supporting the podcast. And just, we love all
0: of our patrons. Yep, we yep. do. We do, and I don't know that we ever convey it enough. No, we don't. But we really do it's, love you guys. It's
1: hard for us, I think, to express the extent to which you all are responsible okay. for us being able to do this podcast.
2: It's really honestly true.
0: Keep our internet on. Yeah. You keep mm-hmm. the website you Keep for, the power
2: on sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Seriously, we, we could not do this without you. So yeah, thank you so much. You are critical, <laughs>
1: not just to our podcast, but sometimes
2: to our survival. Right. Our, our, our pride is all of our listeners, mm-hmm. but our patrons are just that. They're helping us keep the They're lights on on. Keep yep. everything going for the yep. full So pride. that, so that everyone yep. in the pride, yep. so that everybody can in can the pride continue can continue to be that's right. here with us. On
1: November 30th, we do have at Arts and Crafts. Oh that's right. Oh, yeah. a psychic, psychic event Yep. Yeah, uh, where Gwen and I will be reading along with many other very talented readers. Mm-hmm. It's
2: from like noon to five or six. Something like that. Yeah, yeah I think, think it's like noon like, to six. Yeah. Noon yeah. to six. Yep. It should be so, a fun time. This will be our third, I think. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, so if you're out in this area... Combine
0: see us. combine see us. And actually, we'll have our pin pagans in need. Yeah, there in right. the early morning. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll actually be there from like nine. Nine. nine six. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> It'll be yeah, a long day. Yeah. Long day for us. Yeah. That's right. Sigils. Okay, sigils,
1: so. sigils.
2: I was very excited when I really got into. Researching I know you were discs. uncertain because you don't really use sigils in no. your day to day practice. Not my day to day. No. And so I was like, what am I going to talk about? I don't. I don't know anything about sigils. And then. I started researching it and I found out some really interesting information I was like damn this is pretty cool I like sigils Yeah, I'm going to have to start using sigils more often sigils are really cool some
1: people I know have a hard time with them Mm -hmm. I've talked to some people who like can't create or feel like they
2: can't create sigils at all well I can understand that because in the couple of times that I have used sigils you've helped me Mm -hmm. use sigils in the past when I needed to put some extra protection on a cubicle at work Mm -hmm. or on my phone you helped me come up with some stuff. Yeah, I showed you the design process. Yeah, you showed me the way. design process. But for someone, I'm not necessarily an artistic person, and I think for people who are not necessarily artistic It's that, daunting.
0: Yeah, it's a little daunting to think. It's daunting, but it's really sh- it's really not that difficult. I mean, I've watched... Yeah, you've watched Ode me make residuals. them, and they're really not like overly complex. No, the some method I, I use... Some be. of them
1: can be. The method I use, which will I'll describe at some point during this episode, the method I use is extremely simple. Mm-hmm. I use my uh, Modified spare method, which God bless you. <laughs> the spare method, anyone who's been doing sigil work in the last 50 years <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> will be familiar with. But so the method I use to make sigils is very, very simple. You don't need any artistic talent to do it. I've been told by people I've tried to teach my sigil crafting method to that they think mine come out looking better than theirs. Mm-hmm. And they think that's because I'm an artist. I think part of it is just practice. I've been yeah. doing sigils for a long time. And so, like, I have a good internal sense of what a sigil that will work for me looks like.
2: Well, you taught me how to do that. And mm-hmm. I kept my sigils purposefully very simple because mm-hmm. I was uncomfortable with doing it. But they were effective. Yep. And so, I whenever I needed something for it, I used to specifically place in my cubicle, like I said, or yeah, on my phone. you were making a ward. I was making a ward using these sigils. And they were very powerful. And I think it's because you have to concentrate so much on narrowing down your intention and then picking it apart Mm -hmm. so that you can create. The whole process of creating a sigil is is very focused. It is very focused. And so I think that's part of the reason why they're so effective because you do have to really narrow in on what you're drawing, basically, and what you're creating. But let's back up. So let's start with a definition. Yeah, a definition (laughs) of what is a sigil because I get them confused with bind rooms.
1: So a sigil, the basic definition for a sigil is just a symbol considered to have magical power. Mm-hmm. The uses of sigil in magical communities is slightly more specific. Mm-hmm. Usually, when people in magical communities are talking about sigils, they mean a symbol that has been created for a magical purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, that has been purposefully, individually created. Right. Like, so, not something that you could find in a book. Right.
2: Generally accepted practice is that if a sigil is going to work, you have to make it. Right. And that's the modern definition. That's the modern sigil. Right. right. Because right. what I found is that in history mm-hmm. sigils were used to summon an angel or a demon and it was essentially a pictorial representation of their n- true name. Yeah,
1: that's what a sigil was in medieval ceremonial magic circles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You did not create them individually. There were basically books of sigils mm-hmm. that were lists of names such as the Lesser Key of Lesser Solomon. Of Solomon, yep. Which listed 72 princes of hell. Mm-hmm. Sigils in that context context Context. Mm-hmm. could be applied to demons, could be applied to angels, could be applied to earthbound any spirits. Any kind of anything, spirit. Yeah, any yeah. any spirit that had a true name. The sigil was supposed to be a representation of that creature's true name,
2: which gave the magician power over it. Right, so it was really, truly a method of conjuration and then control. Yep. That's what, historically, the sigil was used for. Right.
1: We also have some pictorial representations, some symbols, right, that mm-hmm. we use in various modern pagan. Traditions mm-hmm. that are similar to sigils, which you might sort of put under a heading of sigils, but which are not traditionally called sigils. So, like mm-hmm. a veve,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: is a, a Voodoo right. symbol, right. is a represent. It's a specific, like organized representation of a loi, mm-hmm. uh, and they vary somewhat regionally. Like so, a Haitian Voodoo might have a, a slightly different veve for a specific loi than than like New Orleans right. Voodoo does. Right, but within in that community, it will be always the same veve.
2: Mm-hmm. I know that there's also, I think it's called yantra. In Hindu? Yeah. Which
1: is similar. So uh, what Aveve does is it represents the deity. It's drawn on the floor, usually, of a ritual space, often in, like, powder, mm-hmm. rather than drawn in, in chalk or We anything. saw them do that for the Elevation of Tichuba. Yep, for the Elevation of Tichuba. Baba was Baba Teddy, yep. mm-hmm. And Lady Kate. Yep. Of veve, And so, like I said, that's usually done powder, and traditionally that was because then you could sweep it away. Mm-hmm. You had to, because obviously Vudan was a slave Religion, right? And it was you condemned. Didn't. It was it was secret, so it had to be something that you could sweep Easily away really quickly. Remove. But the yantras, they're a similar thing where they represent the deity mm-hmm. and are used as like a focus for meditation. Mm-hmm. But they're more permanent, and you sometimes see them just in purely decorative forms. Right. Yantras have very specific symbolic elements, so mm-hmm. the colors, the number of petals on a flower, mm-hmm. the shapes used in making it, because they're very
2: symmetrical square. That um, makes a lot of sense to me because I know... Geometric shapes, essentially. I know in Hindu temple dance every single movement has a specific meaning. So yeah. it doesn't surprise me that their yantra would also be very specific. Very specific, yes. yeah. So
1: so each yantra, you could have like multiple yantras for one deity, but if it has like a different number of petals on the lotus, mm-hmm.
2: it's referring to a different aspect or quality of the deity. Okay. The thing I found interesting about the history of sigils mm-hmm. is that it actually they say it really does go back almost twelve thousand years in the use of yeah, the symbolism. Mat-
1: magical writing magical and writing and sort of
2: symbols of yep. it's been around for a long time it's mm-hmm. just the various systems like Yantra and the Veves of Vudan and, mm-hmm. and what we have and runes and the runes, runes and the, you know, all that all these different cultures just kind of independently independently even though all of them were using symbols uh-huh. they independently created their own magical systems for which they used them mm-hmm. and their own and their deities that they use them for yep. or spirits
1: and there are some interesting correlations like I think personally that it's very interesting that the veve are there to represent the deity and call the deity to Earth, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. The yantras are there to represent the deity so that you can meditate on the deity Mm -hmm. and sort of bring them into you. Mm -hmm. The medieval sigils were there to summon and control the Mm -hmm. spirit, right? Mm -hmm. So you have these different perspectives on essentially the same the same concept Concept, of like, this represents an entity whose attention I am getting in some way.
2: And I think in some ways it also shows the different approaches. You have this approach from the medieval period Mm -hmm. of it's about summoning and control. Mm-hmm. that is very different from well, the ones very- where more like bring them into me to mm-hmm. work with or to meditate upon so that I can understand them mm-hmm. there's such such different perspectives that's the imperialism. Yes, <laughs> it is, and it really is because that whole idea of summoning and controlling mm-hmm. this power, this amazing power, yep. there's a fear behind it too. Because yep. if you don't get it exactly right, you are in deep vulnerable. shit. Vulnerable. You're vulnerable yep. to this very powerful being, whether it's a demon or a angel or yep. or some whatever. other kind of elemental spirit. I find that really kind of fascinating, mm-hmm. actually. Just
1: it tells you a lot about the the
2: cultural personality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, of the people who are using these approaches. That's true. And I'm sure the Hebrews also had you know that through uh the Kabbalistic traditions and mm-hmm. stuff. Well, and even sigils, like, just in just, a way. Just, just yeah. look
0: at a dreidel. That's true. Yep. It's basically got, I mean, they are letters of the alphabet, right, and yeah. they mean particular things. In the same way the, the,
1: the Norse runes are yeah. letters right,
0: right. that also exactly. have meanings. Right, yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, I mean, it's the same thing. And mm-hmm. depending on which way the dreidel falls, it means it certain things. It means something, thing. yeah. Yep, so. true.
1: Part of the reason we are talking about sigils as names, sigils as representations, is I've had people ask me before if they can make a sigil to represent themselves. And yes, you can. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you can make a sigil to represent different sort of layers of your identity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you could say, this is the sigil for my legal name. Mm-hmm. This is the, represents that version of me, right? Mm-hmm. That facet of my identity.
2: But would you want to be careful with that? Because we're talking about the fact that historically, you know, at least in Europe, ceremonial magicians used to use these sigils to control based on the true name of the, of the spirit of uh-huh. the entity. Couldn't you apply a similar thing that you would, if you had this sigil that represented you, you'd want to keep it private?
1: (laughs) Maybe. Do you think a sigil is more your true name than your name? No, no. I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm
2: just, I'm just extrapolating based on the, what we were just talking about. So,
1: so here's what I'd say, I think. A sigil that represents you is no more or less good a tag lock than mm-hmm. your legal name or, or your hair craft name. Or, or like yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean take the same care with your identity sigils as mm-hmm. you would with your name. That's a good point. That's a good point. But not but I don't think it needs to be any more secret unless like you specifically created as a secret sigil that means mm-hmm. something different. Right, like right. when you Very apply different. this sigil it means something different than when you apply your public sigil, good right? Mm-hmm. I do have a public identity sigil and a private identity sigil mm-hmm. and they mean different things, I apply them differently.
2: Very
0: interesting. But yeah, so, so
1: Carr so, just so I wrote... Just
0: drew on Ode's... My notebook. Notebook. Mm-hmm. The way I used to sign my name when I was in a band mm-hmm. in the way early 80s, mm-hmm. which was basically It's, it's, a, it's a
1: monogram, yeah. yeah. So, but um, it's all overlapping. Yeah, exactly. So a monogram is multiple characters mm-hmm. that are overlapping one another. Yeah. So that's like a really straightforward way to make a sigil right. that a lot of people, I think, overlook because it feels too simple. But that is like, that's the very basic sigil crafting method. So you made a
2: sigil back
1: in the day. Yeah, just, 1981. Yeah, yeah just to, <laughs> just assign yeah. your names to things. Yeah, yeah, I
2: think people do that without realizing yeah. that that's what they're doing. The Bluetooth symbol is a monogram mm-hmm.
1: and a bindgroom. So the Bluetooth sigil is that little B shape with the sort of the tail at mm-hmm. the end of it, right? Mm-hmm. Just go look at whatever your electronics are to find the Bluetooth symbol. That's actually two runes from the younger Futhark overlaid on one another. Mm-hmm. It's Berkano, which is the B-shape, and Hagelaz. It's the Younger Futhark version of Hagelaz, which looks like an asterisk. So it's
2: HB, which is supposed to represent Harald Bluetooth, mm-hmm. who was a Danish king. Why don't you tell us the difference between a bind rune, since we discussed it, and a sigil? Because I think people, like I did, I think people get them confused. Because so, they can look similar. Yeah, so you could put a bind rune
1: under the umbrella category of a sigil, right? Mm -hmm. If if a sigil is just a symbol that has a magical purpose or represents something. Right. 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 But a bind rune specifically is a ligature of two or more runes. Okay. Should all be within one alphabet, so like you wouldn't take a rune from the Elder Futhark and a rune from the Younger Futhark and combine them together into a bind rune. So there are multiple ways you can do it. A ligature is just when you string two characters together. Okay. A monogram is when you put two characters Characters on top of each other. There are two different ways to create a bind room. A ligature, which is when you write the characters next to each other or on top of each other, vertically or horizontally, and you use one of the staves to connect them. Mm-hmm. Elder Futhark in particular is all uh, or largely vertical, horizontal, and diagonal lines. Right. So if you want to combine multiple runes together, you would extend one of those vertical lines down, so that, down, you, so that down. you could draw multiple runes from the from one root vertical line, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Then they would be ligatured together, and that would be a bind rune. So
2: those runes are connected; mm-hmm. they they are connected in purpose. And right? and obviously the meanings of the runes go together
0: to create yes, your they, purpose. Yes. Exactly. Your, so Binding. you could do the same thing then with Oum.
1: Yes. Probably, yeah. Because very, very easily, yeah. Yeah, especially yeah. with O.M. Yeah, that's very.
0: It's very. Yeah,
1: exactly. So you could just draw a straight line all the way down a page and mark out your O.M. Yep. all the way down it, and it would be the O.M. equivalent of a bind rune. Gotcha. Bind O.M. Okay. Gotcha. The monogram version of a bind rune is what I tend to use because it saves space. <laughs> Mm -hmm. because you just write the runes on top of each other. Okay. So, like, what we have in the car is a monogram bind rune of ervas and Algis. Eroise is the rune for transportation and Algis is the rune for, I call it the, the shield. So it's a mm-hmm. protective rune. Mm-hmm. It works beautifully. So I've layered them on top of each other mm-hmm. the same way that the Bluetooth symbol is two runes layered on top of each other. So that's what bind runes are. They're just traditionally ligatures now also in the modern day, also sometimes monograms. Of Whereas a sigil-, a sigil is usually composed of some but not all all components of a word or sentence. Mm-hmm. Modern
2: sigils. That's modern sigils. Because historical sigils have more cryptograms and.
1: Oh, you can pentagrams do that. You can and... do that with modern sigils if you're fancy, mm-hmm. but that's not how most people make their sigils these days. Most and people these days use Spare Austin Osmond Spare. So why don't you talk about him? Yeah. So uh, the history of sigils was pretty static up until Austin Osmond Spare decided that he didn't think sigils referred to entities Mm -hmm. he thought they referred to unconscious forces right right? Right. that being in the case he figured I can just create one like I don't have to use an existing sigil to refer to an existing process Mm -hmm. I can create the specific process I want through sigilization Mm
0: -hmm.
1: his idea was I will tap into the power of my unconscious mind by creating a sigil that represents a process consequently i will force that
2: into being and that is how sigils have really moved into modern
1: yeah mainstream modern magic
2: right it sort of transitions into
1: mainstream magic i guess through chaos magic because the chaos magicians really picked up the spare magic
0: right
1: the concept behind a spare sigil Mm-hmm. Is that you're creating a thought form. So some quick definitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, thought form is a independent energy that is created by a magician to accomplish a task. A servitor is the thought form of one
2: person and an egregore is the thought form of A group. I defined it for myself as a servitor is an intention that operates autonomously as an independent being. Mm -hmm. It it gains a consciousness, essentially. Right. It does a job. And then egregore is the being becomes large enough to exist as a group mind.
1: My understanding of it is that a servitor and I am not a chaos magician. My understanding <laughs> of it is that uh, to create an egregore, you need multiple individuals. Like, one gotcha. person cannot create an egregore. One right. person can create a servitor. Mm-hmm. Multiple people are needed, have to contribute to the creation of an egregore. Okay, I think... But eventually, they they develop, hypothetically, right, eventually right. they develop into independent entities mm-hmm. that no longer need constant maintenance, basically.
0: Gotcha. gotcha, Our tiger, Amanda, is eager to introduce you to the salts of wonderful body coat. These silks and Scrubs inspired by popular books and characters are designed to delight multiple senses. With fragrance scents and sparkling mica, you can also find a small selection of rollerball fragrances with a couple of dozen options available. You're sure to find something you like in the Wonderful Body Co. collection this week. Ode is recommending the Slytherin Rollerball fragrance, a rich and citrusy bergamot black tea scent. Find Wonderful Body Co. online at wonderfulbodyco.com or go directly to the shop at etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash wonderful body. Co.
1: Mother Multiverse says, So my no way official thought, but real chaos magicians eschew dogma anyway. That is true. Good. Servitor, spirit what you make to do a thing. Egregore, big old spirit resulting from multiple people's input. Yeah. Yep, yeah. That cool. squares with my understanding. So how chaos magicians pursue sigil work mm-hmm. is... That they make the sigil by the spare method or by another method or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they charge and release the sigil by accessing a Gnostic state. A Gnostic state is an altered state of consciousness in which you are singularly focused on one... Objective. In this case, the sigil. The idea is that you are essentially hacking the no-mind zen state. Because it takes a long time to learn to reach no-mind, mm-hmm. and most people can't do it, but there are certain things you can do to really briefly activate a no-mind condition, mm-hmm. right? Masturbation is used often because the idea is that when you achieve orgasm, you briefly are in no-mind. Sex magic, baby. Exactly. That's what's considered an ecstatic Gnostic yeah. state. A lot of people think sex magic has to be done as a couple, but it does not true. true. No. An inhibitory Gnostic state is achieved by doing meditation mm-hmm. and focusing in as much as possible on just that. So the idea is that you create The sigil, you focus on the sigil to the exclusion of all else, Mm -hmm. you hack into the Gnostic state because chaos magicians are all about hacking reality. And And no mind
2: or just your thoughts are just So the
1: no, it's no mind. It's no mind. Specifically the objective is to achieve no mind because the idea is that you activate the sigil and at the same moment you release it from your conscious thought. Okay. So it is you you are trying to get it purely into your unconscious and then not care about it anymore.
2: Gotcha. So it can go do its work. You are
1: supposed to release the sigil. Gotcha. And in fact most people burn their sigils after they've activated them. So Mm. They don't. They can't see them anymore. That's not how I personally. I was gonna
2: say I've been doing it wrong. (laughs) That's not.
1: Yeah, that's not how I personally do sigil work. I prefer to keep my sigils in my peripheral vision, so I'll like put them up in the corners of my workstation or altar, or my altar, yeah, yeah, or like under a book I read a lot or something like that. Like I'll put them in little unexpected places so that I see them, and my mind sort of skips over them and gives them a little ping, and Mm -hmm. that is a method that works for me. But I'm not a chaos magician. That's right. There you go. Yeah. That's, a, that's why I right. don't use the traditional chaos magic method. <laughs> but so that's the, the traditional approach to sigils is that you're, once you've created the sigil and activated it, you are supposed to not think about it again. Mm-hmm. The idea is that if you dwell on the result, you prevent the unconscious mind from doing the necessary work. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. If you are attached to and thinking about and worrying about the magic The magic doesn't happen.
0: Right.
2: Is, is the concept. I think that's kind of similar to just basic spell work too. It's once you release your spell, you have to let it go do its thing. Mm -hmm. Right? Sure. I'm just saying it sounds... That's, yes, that is a... It's just a different method of doing the same thing. Yes, I've seen, I've seen that floated around.
1: Mother says, one, create sigil, two, achieve Gnostic state, build up to that ritual peak, fire, three, forget about it. Every time you think of it again is like digging up a seed to see if it's growing. It never grows if you keep digging it up. Yeah, yeah that's the idea that's a behind, good behind the chaos sigil approach. Like yeah. I said, I have a different method, and that one works for me. Different strokes for
0: different folks. That's what I paganism's like, kind of about. Yep. It's like finding what works for you and doing and it. Doing I that, think then. there is no right yeah, exactly. one
2: right way. Yes. Exactly, yeah.
0: Another thing that's hard to say. Yes, it is. One right way.
1: Let's do the review now, since we just talked about masturbation. Yeah. And there's not going to be a better segue. That's
2: true that. <laughs> it's time for reviews. We are very excited about the yes. book we're reviewing today. We are reviewing... By one of our favorite
1: mm-hmm. people. Yes, we are reviewing Outside the Charmed Circle by Misha Magdalene. We love
0: Misha we love Magdalene. Misha. So
1: full disclosure, we're mentioned in this book. And that's we've right. got it for free to
0: review. That's yes. right. We're and we actually... in one of our earlier episodes. Yeah, we and this is how we found Misha. As I was doing research on
1: liminal,
0: on the the first liminal episode, during that research, I found a bunch of writings by Misha, and so contacted Misha and said, "Hey, can we can we can we use a quote from you?" And Misha said, "Well, I have a new book coming out, so can it be a quote from that book?" I'm like, "Yes, that Mm -hmm. would be great. That
2: would be rad."
0: So the book actually comes out January 20th. Mm -hmm. um,
2: It's such a good book from Llewellyn,
0: so it'll be on everywhere. It'll be. Mm -hmm. Amazon, mm-hmm. You'll Stewart be able to get I, yeah. I
2: think you can actually start pre-ordering it Yes, now. So it is up, yeah. for up for pre-order now. Pre-order and I Amazon. would suggest
0: pre-ordering it, but let's do the review. Yeah, let's,
2: yeah, do, yeah, the let's do the review. review. <laughs> all right. Okay, first of all, we love Misha. We love Misha. I think we've made that clear. Yep. And we love Misha's fucking book. And, at all. and oh, Misha's a also
0: book. a hunter. Oh, yeah, that's right.
2: But Misha pa- also is a pathos blogger. If you're curious to see the kind of the tone of how they write go to their blog on Patheos. Yeah. yeah. Misha's let's so let's talk about
1: this. Okay. I love how this book is written. Yes, it is brilliant. It's academic and also colloquial. Yeah, sort of informal and fun somehow at the same time. It's yeah. Like,
2: it's like sitting down with a really fun college professor. Yeah. You know, someone, and having a cup of coffee. Like, like you're,
1: I'm, I feel like I'm definitely talking to someone who's much smarter than me, but who's being very bitch. kind about it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Someone who just sits <laughs> down and is willing to explain things to you mm-hmm. in an everyday kind of language, yeah, rather than an academic language. And yet they still get the academics across. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Very, so, very. very so this good is a very
0: well written book. Mm-hmm. Very well written. Context to this book, so it's outside the charm circle. The subtitle is. Mm-hmm. Exploring gender and, and sexuality and magical practice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and, guess we should have said what it's about. Right, yeah. So <laughs> we're,
1: but, we're just so excited. It's about gender and sexuality and magical
2: practice. Yeah, That's And right. actually the
0: thanks in the very beginning of the book I think is amazing. Yeah. So it's Read uh, that dedication. Yeah. Read the dedication. The dedication is queer and trans folks, newbie pagans, fledgling polytheists, baby witches, and neophyte magicians. I wrote this for you. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. Megan. I was able to write this because of you.
1: Good dedication and a good book. Yes, right. Yep.
0: Getting our bearings and knowing our terms, mm-hmm. which yes. is very important. Very important. So they go right through, and so you can understand. Yeah, want right.
1: and talk about queer.
0: Yep, gender in theory and practice, <laughs> queerness in the charm circle, mm-hmm. safer sex magic for beginners. Yep, and experts. <laughs> That's right. Between the mundane and the divine, I uh, on that negotiating was... consent with gods. I really, really love that chapter. It's very well written. Queering your practice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Developing and adapting a magical practice. The ending and beginning, what lies beyond the circle. Mm-hmm. And then a very extensive bibliography.
2: A very good which, bibliography. Which code is very happy about. It's and then there's good a good bibliography. Yeah, there's, uh, yeah, there's two uh, appendixes. Appendices. One mm-hmm. is
0: recommended reading and listening. That's where we're listed, right, we're listed in the podcast. And then. Yep. and then appendix B is queer magical groups and events. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: It's just, I think Misha managed to put... Everything they could possibly think of in this book and it's all very, very so, comprehensive so th- and understandable. Uh,
1: I also want to point out that this book is basically a shadow working, like a queer shadow oh, yeah. working workbook. It is. There are a lot of journal prompts in this, essentially, yep. that will require you to do, like, a lot of serious deep dive stuff. A lot of work on yourself. They guide you through it, so you're, like, they're going to hold your hand through this process, but you're still going to have to do the work. It's really well-structured.
2: Very well-structured.
1: I would say this is, like, required reading for...
0: everyone. ...everyone.
1: Yeah, I guess, yeah. That's it really thing. is. It's, it's not just written for queer okay. pagans, right? It's also written... Written to straight pagans. Yep. Heteronormative. Hatero- right. Like cis
2: ha- straight. Absolutely. Car.
1: It's car. Wh- <laughs> it's, it's written
2: to car. From now on, we can just call
0: it car. <laughs>
1: car pagans. Car pagans. <laughs> no, people um, don't understand. No, no but cis straight pagans are still going to get something out of this book about how to relate to exactly the yeah. pagans. Yeah. And I
2: think, you know, we're in this kind of transition period if you will of trying to figure out how all these groups of pagans should fit together. Should fit together so that we can come together whether it's in coven or in public ritual mm-hmm. or whatever so that everyone can be participating yeah. in ritual safely. And in the conversation, so that we are all working together mm-hmm. toward the same
0: goal.
1: I, like I said, I would say this book is required reading. It is absolutely required for
0: everybody. And you've got to love any book whose bibliography includes Aristotle and Stan Lee. Yes. Yeah, <laughs>
2: there you go. That's a perfect example of who Misha is. Right, yeah, yeah yep, that's yep. The, that condenses Misha absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. God, I love Misha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. all right. That's that's so
0: awesome. I would say that we five probably give that. five out of five stars five out of five. five across yep, the board. Across I the
2: board. <laughs> just, I we're going to give say, this
0: a six and a half out of five.
2: Yeah. And I would just say get Five rainbow colored stars. Yes. This book is for everyone. Yeah. yeah. It
0: really, really is. Because
2: yep. like
1: whether you know it or not there are queer pagans around you. That's
2: right.
0: Finn said a five from Ode?
1: Yeah, I know. Shocking. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you have a five before? Surely at some point. I think last <laughs> week. Over the course of 66 episodes I must have. <laughs>
0: yeah, you, you know. You have. You no, have. normally we're like Four point four point five four. 5,
1: 4 you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, no. This one's a, this one's a straight five. This book yeah. is great. <laughs> and TV, I, I don't whoa, have whoa, whoa, whoa. a single. It's a
0: straight five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a cold it's cold. a very it's like... bent <laughs> five. very queer <laughs> um, five. I cannot recommend this book in strong enough terms. And yeah. I have say, no
2: I have no complaints. And can I also say because Misha is the type of writer who is not afraid to tackle these difficult issues on behalf of the queer community mm-hmm. as well. as as just humanity as a whole please go to their blog on on patheos Patheos and give them some love because misha gets a shit ton of hate hate mail and hate comments because they are they're standing in the gap for the rest of us so just go give misha some love they deserve it Yep. yep that's it for reviews that was nice. That, oh, was. that was. That was, that was good one, one, one of the best I've heard in a while. And I mean, they've been good, but this is like this a step this above. Very nice. He's looking at me like he's <laughs> crazy, but I'm, I'm being serious.
0: It's because I drink more meat now. Oh, well. Meat, meat solves everything. Voice. Meat improves
2: voice. It sweetens.
0: It sweetens the vocal cords. <laughs> <laughs> sweetens the tone.
2: I don't think that's what they taught me in school, but you know, mm-hmm. it's funny. <laughs> it makes perfect
0: sense.
1: So I was talking with Gwyn earlier about the fact that sigil crafting right now is what you might consider a very modern Mm -hmm. uh, magical practice, because it's sort of constantly evolving. Modern practitioners are constantly finding new ways to
2: create and activate sigils. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool. It's kind of neat to see how it has grown from its historical use Mm -hmm. to really a much broader and wider... Yeah, wide spectrum. Wide (laughs) spectrum of ability to use. And it's accessible to everyone.
1: Yeah, it's, That's sigils are really really easy to create mm-hmm. once you understand them. Yeah, at they, least in my experience.
2: And and like I said, I'm not an artist as Ode is, <laughs> but I found even the simplest sigils are very powerful. I guess my thing would be just don't be don't be afraid to try it. And we actually reviewed a book. Yeah, Sigil Witchery by Sigil Laura Tappas which right. I would, did not
1: love, but we but gave it is, a positive is, review for you Which is I think, I think it's good for beginners. It is. And for people who find traditional sigil methods intimidating.
2: Yeah, I definitely would recommend that book. In fact, I'm going to go look, read it again because I want to get a little bit more mm-hmm. into doing sigils. And so yeah, definitely check out Laura Chepa Zachroff's book, Sigil yeah. Witchery. Yeah. But I did also, in when I was reading, find out about Grant Morrison's theory of hyper sigils, yes. which I thought was really cool actually yeah. and very so, interesting.
1: So Grant Morrison is a comic book artist. If you have heard of him before, it's probably through comics. Like Some fairly major, yeah, the Invisibles Mother Multiverse is talking about Mm -hmm. is, is Grant Morrison's hyper sigil. So Grant Morrison has this theory that things like logos are sigils. Mm-hmm. Which they basically are. They really They're
2: are. He gives some really great examples, examples. with with McDonald's, McDonald's yeah. Starbucks, Nike. The Nike yeah. swoosh. Yep. Everybody recognizes the swoosh.
1: Yeah. So these logos that have come to represent these companies are being used in advertising mm-hmm. in basically the same like subliminal way that I would use a sigil, right? So, yeah. So because, yeah. and I wonder, I wonder to what extent the way I handle sigils has been influenced by Like my knowledge of Grant Morrison and Gordon White and that kind of stuff rather than by spare (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I read about hyper sigils and I was like, oh, I should just put them in my peripheral vision so that they'll subliminally influence me. Um that's basically how how logos work. The the Mm -hmm. idea is you know it represents this company, it represents not just the mechanical aspect of the company, Mm -hmm. but like their
2: intention. Right.
1: The person the quote unquote personality of the company, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Which these companies don't actually have personalities, they have these constructions. Identities mm-hmm. that the logo is intended to represent to instill in you, the consumer. A specific feeling, about so that the company. you will go
2: buy the product. So that you will
1: go buy the product. So that you will try to take on the aspect or personality mm-hmm. of the company for yourself.
2: It was interesting because the quote I, I read or, or the description I read of viral sigils. It is an attack on unbranded imaginative space as a symbolic summoning up of the world desire which the corporation intends to represent.
1: Yeah. So like Nike, right? Right. Let's go with that one. Nike wants to represent victory and success Mm -hmm. and athletic achievement, Mm -hmm. right? Those are the personality traits of Nike as a company, right? Right. Because when you see the swoosh, they want you to think, I want to be victorious, successful and achieve athletic successes, right? Right. I want to be powerful and strong. Mm -hmm. The idea is when you see the swoosh, you associate it with A, that company and B, those qualities. And and the
2: just do it philosophy.
1: Right. The idea is that because of the way it's been embedded in your consciousness, because you want those qualities, qualities, mm-hmm. you want that product, right. right? These
2: have been linked in your mind. Mm-hmm. I think it is a fascinating theory and you can see how that works. Mm-hmm. You know, it's unintended magic is what Right? Yes. Yeah. Or maybe it's really secret, intended magic. Intended right, <laughs> <yeah>. magic. <laughs> we could go conspiracy theorists on this. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. that could be fun.
1: So, sigils mm-hmm. are another of Grant Morrison's theories. Right. The idea with hypersigils... Oh, right.
2: I skipped from hypersigil yeah. to viral. Sorry. The
1: idea with hypersigils is that you can create a work of magic, not just with one symbol, mm-hmm. but with an entire piece of art. Right. Yes. So, Grant Morrison created a comic series called called the invisibles which was intentionally devised as a hypersigil. Mhm. The whole point of it was to embed his intention through this the hypersigil of the invisibles into the consciousness of everyone who read it. Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was a really interesting sort of experiment that yeah. he did. It hasn't been the the hypersigil concept hasn't really been picked up. Grant Morrison is the only person I ever see talking about it, but it's a really interesting concept. And I have seen a few people taking not the full like hypersigil context, mm-hmm. but aspects yeah. of that to boost or alter the way they activate or create sigils. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mother Multiverse points out, yes, vector attack of the metapirates is a hypersigil. Yeah, I figured, Mother. <laughs> <laughs> so like a traditional sigil is something that one person does. Mm-hmm. Where you're trying to activate it through your unconscious. Right. The point of a hypersigil is to try and activate the
2: intention through the consciousness of everyone who observes it. Right. And then we've got, which I accidentally skipped to, the viral sigil, yes. which you could connect kind of the oh, hypersigil yeah. with the viral sigil. Yeah. That's the intention, really.
1: Right. Yeah. The idea of the hyper sigil, which is to activate through multiple viewers. Right. Right. You create and multiple viewers activate. Mm-hmm. The viral component then is when you sort of
2: sneak it into other spaces. Right. So the, and that's what manu- manufacturers do, basically. Uh-huh, yeah. Companies and manufacturers trying to sell their products. That's sort of the biggest example of
0: sigil technology sort of evolving mm-hmm. in the relatively recent. In. So I have another question. Uh huh. Somebody who does tagging. Uh huh. So and they have their. Signature. Uh Uh-huh. Sigil. Mm -hmm. Sigil. Yes, definitely. Yeah. The
1: signature is a sigil. If they create a piece Mm -hmm. which is intended to convey a specific intention or have a specific result, like it's intended to provoke a specific reaction in viewers. And if they put that up, that's a hyper sigil. And if they put it up in multiple places to maximize its distribution, so that's like slap,
0: a, slap chat. Yeah, yeah, that's a
1: viral hyper sigil. Gotcha. Yes, <laughs> graffiti artists could very easily do a lot of sigil work. Yeah. So, but there have been some other evolutions mm-hmm. in the technology of sigil crafting. Mm -hmm. Some of that has to do with activation. So I've seen sigils activated with GIFs where, you know, like how GIFs move. Yeah. You get a GIF that has the right tone, the right emotional context. Mm -hmm. You create your sigil. You superimpose the sigil over the GIF and you embed that GIF somewhere where multiple people will see it. Every time the GIF plays, it reactivates the sigil. Every person who sees it, it gets primed and recharged. Very cool. Right? So it becomes sort of Mm self-perpetuating charging loop. I've seen people embed sigils into game maps. Mm -hmm. So I was in a a game development program for a while. And consequently, I saw a lot of people's really messy, half-completed game maps. And I've seen sigils in there, Mm -hmm. either embedded in the environment or better, if you can lead the player to walk through a sigil, right? Mm-hmm. If you can lead the player to enact a sigil, essentially. Right. They don't know they're doing it, necessarily, which is better because sigils, at least in the Chaos Magic method, work on the unconscious. Mm-hmm. So if you have players, like, constantly walking through a sigil, constantly charging, activating, especially if they're doing something emotional. So, like, if you have, like, a shooter and that has a specific corridor path that's in the shape of the sigil and they're running through it, high intensity, fighting their way through the sigil, especially if you can get them to enter game flow, which is mm-hmm. the state where you you're sort of like not consciously paying attention to what you're doing. You're just automatically like, you're in the zone, Mm -hmm. essentially, for the game. Mm -hmm. You have high-intensity emotions, you have a state similar to that no-mind condition, and you have the active activation of the sigil. Interesting. You can leverage video games Mm -hmm. to do sigils, and the player doesn't have to know that they're doing it because it's working on an unconscious level. There's one more technology piece I want to talk about. Okay. And this is a piece that I use all the time. So, I picked this up from Gordon White, who who has the Rune Soup podcast. You can find him online at runesoup.com and you have to go way back into his blog archives to find these articles but he wrote about some sigil technology called shoaling and robofish. This is a sigil management system that refers to animal behavior. So fish travel in shoals right? And they do this mm-hmm. for protection and to maximize their opportunities in the sea. The idea with a sigil and with all chaos magic generally is that you are improving probabilities you are trying to improve the probability that you get a desirable result Mm -hmm. well essential for a very general concept like I want more money is very broad and it's not going to improve specific probabilities right So the idea is you break the concept, I want more money, into much smaller, more achievable, and more specific goals. Mm -hmm. So I want this job. I want this raise. I want this promotion. I want this amount of money. I want blah, 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 blah. Right? You break Mm -hmm. it down into very specific goals. Mm -hmm. You make multiple sigils, one for each of those very small, specific goals, Mm -hmm. and you activate them all together so that they... All work at the same time. In combination. In combination. That's a sigil shoal. A combination of sigils that have one overarching purpose, but smaller individual tasks. This makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I like that. And then you pair a shoal with a robofish. A robofish is a sigil that refers to something that you already have. So going back to the money example, you have your shoal of very specific goals for things that you want to happen. Mm -hmm. And you have a robofish of, I have $500 in my bank account because you do have $500 in your bank account, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you keep that $500 in your bank account and you don't remove that $500 from your bank account because that's what the robofish sigil is referring to. The robofish sigil is chasing a goal you've already achieved. Because it's chasing something you've already achieved and because it's linked to the shoal, the shoal follows the robofish through the path of least resistance to success. Oh,
2: interesting. Yeah, that's very cool. So very that's cool.
1: a that's a sigil technique I use basically 100 of the time. I, pr- mm-hmm. I like I don't really even make individual sigils anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. I make shoals and robo fish to lead them. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about for because this is a first step. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what would you use a sigil for? Like, and we can use what I did mm-hmm. for mine. Yep. And how do you make that sigil? Even if it's just a very simple basic because I've been in some like Facebook groups where they share sigils for different works and some of them are really Really elaborate elaborate. and I'm like damn that's that's like beautiful but I don't know that I can replicate that Mm -hmm. I might be able to print it off and slap it somewhere but (laughs) why would you use it and how do you make it we will but first, Mother Multiverse is finished typing.
1: The linking sigil was a chaos magic project by the DKMU, that's the Domus Chaotica Marauder Underground, as part of their assault on reality, a.k.a. trying to make the world as magic as possible back in 2007. Yeah, I did hear about this, actually. This sigil saw so much use that it, one, started acting as a magic boost just by placing it somewhere, two, could connect places through the sigil so that each magic effect was additive to the network, and three, became somewhat self-aware, manifesting as a figure called the Red Queen, among other pieces. So Yeah, that's... Did not recognize it when you mentioned it, but I am actually familiar with that story. Yeah. So sigils can be extremely powerful when they're applied correctly. Mm-hmm. For
2: being so simple, they're super useful. And again, I think it must come down to you really have to narrow your focus on yeah. your intention and then narrow it even further because you are taking bits and pieces from your intention mm-hmm. to create the sigil. Yep. Yeah.
1: I don't use the original spare method, so I don't know it off the top of my head, but it's a Essentially, you create a statement Mm -hmm. of your intention. It's a a
2: narrowed statement so that it's very specific.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Traditionally, it should be in the present tense, as if you have already accomplished the thing. Mm -hmm. So it should not be, I will have blah. It should be, I have blah. I have blah. Or I am blah, Mm -hmm. not I want to be blah. So if you're making a sigil for
2: confidence, you're right. You wouldn't say, I want to be confident. You would say, I am confident. Like, for instance, when I made the sigil for my cubicle at work, Mm -hmm. it was, I am calm at all times throughout the day. Yeah. It should be specific, generally, in a spare method. So you write down your
1: specific intention, you remove traditionally vowels and duplicated letters, and then you take the remaining letters and you create a monogram out of them. And yep. that's you what I You layer them on
2: top of each other. I used that method and didn't even realize I was doing it. Yes, that's
1: yep. the traditional spare
2: method. Mm-hmm. I will say, it oh, was yeah. very, very effective.
1: Yeah. The, the spare method works.
2: Yeah. It worked and, and it was very effective and it's good for someone... Like me, who Mm -hmm. is not necessarily artistic, but it can create a very powerful... And they don't have to look pretty. No, it doesn't have to. (laughs) Mine were not pretty, but I slapped it up where I needed it, Mm -hmm. destroyed the sentence that I created. The intention. intention. I destroyed that, but just kept the sigil every now and then. I would glance at it, Mm -hmm. and it would just recharge it, and it worked beautifully.
1: Yep. What I use is a modified spare method. So, I used to create sentences. I no longer do. I now mostly use one or two two words that encapsulates
2: what I want. Very rarely do I use three or more words. I really simplify my intention. Which is makes it even stronger, really, because you've narrowed it down to very basic.
1: Very basic. And then I basically use that as the name of the
2: sigil because, of Mm -hmm. course,
1: every time I create a spell, I'm creating a servitor. A servitor, yeah.
2: (laughs) All the spells are servitor.
1: Everything I do involves a servitor somewhere along the way. The word I never features in my... So I never have to worry about tenses, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's always just like one word two words max
2: Right.
1: usually it's a verb or a noun so then I remove vowels and duplicated letters unless because I'm using so few words unless that means I'm down to like one letter mm-hmm. right? So, right so like if my word is very short and has a lot of vowels I might leave the vowels in it really depends on how
0: much like May Day would really get you screwed
1: exactly give right. an
2: example of a word mm-hmm. or two words you might use just to show how specific you might be like say you wanted this sigil to assist you to get a job? I would write a sigil that was get job. So it would just be get job.
1: Yeah. If I didn't care what job, it would just be get job. And if it was a specific job? I would say get specific
2: job. Like I would say get name of job. Gotcha. Mm. Like get receptionist or get data entry. Yeah. Or okay.
1: And part of that is because my sigils, I am not creating the way that Spare was creating them. So I'm not trying to like activate my unconsciousness necessarily. Right. I'm telling sigil, your job is this. Right. Your job is you. My sigil's responsibility is get me that job.
2: Okay. I think I sort of was somewhere in between what Bear did and what you did because I wasn't necessarily trying to tap into my unconscious. I was just but maybe I was. I don't know. (laughs) I was just trying to tap into magic, basically. Right, into magic generally. In magic
0: generally. Um,
1: I consider, when I make a sigil, that I'm creating a little entity that I want to do a job for. Right, right. So I tell it what its job is and make that its name, essentially. So when I say get job rather than have job, right? So like Mm -hmm. the traditional method would be saying, I have X job. Mm -hmm. I don't write have job mm-hmm. because I don't what I want is for this sigil to get me the job mm-hmm. so I tell it this is your responsibility is get me job so then I, I remove vowels I remove duplicated letters unless that leaves me with nothing and then I break the letters down into their component elements mm-hmm. so I did an example one here for myself so that I could try to articulate it I did sigil I removed the eyes so I just am left with sgl Mm -hmm. And then I break S, G, and L, the letters, down into their basic components. Straight
2: lines, horizontal lines. So
1: sigil SGL is broken down into two vertical lines, two horizontal lines, one curve, and one S shape. Mm -hmm. Some letters, like M uh, and V, also have diagonal lines. Mm -hmm. I write all of these components on a separate line, in a structured way. So I write them so that I have all of my S shapes together, all my vertical lines together, all my horizontal lines together. I put all of my curves so that they are oriented in the same direction because I'm willing to use them in any orientation of my final sigil. And I write all of my diagonal lines in the same orientation because I'm willing to use them in any orientation in my sigil. Mm-hmm. All that matters is that they remain diagonal or that they remain curves. I don't care if they match up to the original orientation of the curve in the letter. Mm -hmm. So, like, the letter G has a curve that is open-facing towards the right. Mm -hmm. When I use it in a sigil, I do not care if that curve is still open-facing towards the right, as long as it is still a curve. Right. So, I break it down into those components.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: then I use those components to build a sigil. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And that part is really just intuitive. Most of my sigils have a base around an S shape or uh, an O shape. Mhm or a series of curves. That's just because that's what I find aesthetically pleasing and like
2: those are the sigils that I find consistently work for me best. Mm-hmm. But that's not like a rule. And I think I think that's a good point. I think it should be whatever is aesthetically pleasing mm-hmm. and suits you. Whatever works for you. Whatever works for you as an then, individual. And what
1: feels right. Usually, I will use those elements to create like up to twenty sigils, basically. Right. Test sigils.
0: Until, you find the Until I one. find
1: the one that I'm like, yeah, that's the sigil that that means this.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: So you don't have to get it right the first time. I very rarely get the, the sigil like perfect the mm-hmm. first time out of the gate. And even if I do, I usually go ahead and make four or five more. Just to make just sure. Just to see if that first one is still the one that's right. resonating best. Yeah.
0: I think for me, because I'm so tech oriented and I've only done a couple of sigils, mm-hmm. but I just use sigilscribe.me mm-hmm. and it basically draws it for you.
1: The computer calculates, yeah. Right, the mm-hmm. computer
0: calculates it all out and does it for you. So, for me, so somebody who has no real art talent <laughs> or desire to acquire any art talent. Anyway, so, but because I use tech for just about everything, yeah, yeah. you know, I read. Let
2: the computer make the song. Right. Well, and I exactly. think that's good for anyone who's... Is beginning who mm-hmm. or who just like you said? I'm not artistic. I I'm so, more tech oriented. I, I, and like I said, and it I, resonates more with you. Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't think you need to be artistic to make a sigil Mm-mm. yourself, like by hand with pen and paper. Right. But if that's something that is intimidating for you and is preventing you from doing the process, mm-hmm. like find hacks, do an online one. What do was the What was the online
0: one you used? I Sigilscribe.me
1: yeah. There you go. And it is very cool. There you go. Mother Multiverse says, It's a conversation between the unconscious and the conscious in a lot of ways. Consciously, you're setting the intent and idea. Intuitively, you work the sigil until it feels right. Unconscious sort of saying yay or nay. Eventually, when right, you fire it, having the language to set the unconscious and the universe to work. All right, I think so. Hopefully,
2: so. that explains to people, especially beginners, because this is right. first step. And yep. I
1: know that might be hard to follow because sigils are such a visual mm-hmm. process. So, like, l- look up, look some up.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would do do some research and definitely check out Laura's book, yeah. Sigil Witchery which will show you some very artsy ones.
0: Meet our tiger Michelle at The Artful Egg. Michelle invites you to her shop where she showcases her painted and carved Sugar Skull eggshells for the world to enjoy. Each piece is handcrafted and unique with a name and a style all its own and a desire to find a happy home with you. Every egg comes in a special box adorned with a note about the creation. Michelle has been sculpting her designs since 2015 and knows what you and your family and friends will love. She also makes natural eggs, beautifully painted rocker, and jewelry to share. As well as Sugar Skulls, Michelle has designed an acorn egg, which just happens to be the most popular egg that she makes. Adorned with lentils and wood beads and hemp or leather hangings, visit The Artful Egg at theartfulegg.net.
2: And I have to say, every single time I walk by the shelf that has the egg that Michelle made for us, yep. the three-pack egg, mm-hmm. it makes me smile because it's so it's very cute, cute. Yeah, and it's so—I just love it. I yeah. absolutely love it. Yeah, it's very cute. So definitely visit theartfulegg.net.
0: The
1: One last thing—I've been thinking about your question: How would I get a specific job? Yeah. And I probably would not actually create a sigil that said, get X job. Mm -hmm. What I would probably do is I would create a shoal, obviously, Mm -hmm. one of which would be get job, Mm -hmm. and I would attach them to a tag lock that was the job I wanted.
2: Ah, that makes sense.
1: That's how I usually do it. Because like, (laughs) so to show my hand a little, I've done sigil shoals to curse people before. Yep. And the way you do that, if you're curious, is you create a whole bunch of sigils for bad things (laughs) that you want to happen to someone, and you create a robofish for something that's already happened to that person, Mm -hmm. or for something that they've done, or whatever, so that it can follow them around, and then you attach the robofish to a tag Mm lock that indicates the target. And then the whole shoal follows the target around.
2: That's right. And just in case some of you (laughs) who are new have not either paid attention to the fact or have missed it or somehow I've forgotten. Yes, Ode and I both. We are cursing witches. We are cursing witches. If it's necessary, we do it. Yeah.
1: So, so this was, a friend was in a very bad situation that the authorities weren't helping with. Mm-hmm. So me, a help. me and a whole group of our friends mm-hmm. uh, did a, uh, I
2: wrote the show and everybody else Participated. helped activate it. Yeah. I'm just going to throw my personal belief in there is that, you know, and I got this from someone else is, you know, a witch should be able to both heal mm-hmm. and curse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I so I I wrote I designed probably twenty curse sigils mm-hmm. and then just offered them to my friend like which what do you want to do to this person All and of the, above. And, All well, of the and, above and they she chose five maybe really specific things she was right. very very kind because yeah. I offered her some bad shit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And she cho- she chose to the, uh-huh. the,
1: and and she chose to include the release valve so that mm-hmm. when this person learned their lesson that it it, could... that shoal would dissipate.
2: <laughs> yep. And if you you know are not sure how to do that, you can always look up the Lesser Key of Solomon <laughs> and just summon a demon. <laughs> But be careful if you do that. I'm just right. saying. I don't
1: support. I don't support summoning and binding any spirit. No,
2: no, no. Oh, Actually, neither do I. Yeah. But. All right. Uh, I think that's everything I wanted to talk about. Hopefully, this has been helpful. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Again, do your research. Go online. There's lots of information about mm-hmm. sigils online.
0: So, Mother Multiverse is. Yeah,
2: book. and Mother Multiverse is the easy book. ABCs
0: of sigils. Yeah. yeah. The easy, Which easy. Oh, no.
1: Sigils are as, a- are as easy as
2: ABC. There we go. Yeah,
0: Sigils are as easy as ABC. It's an ebook. It's available on yeah. Kindle right now. There you go. For 2
2: Oh, nice. there you oh, go. Yeah. Nice. Pick that up. Okay, I'm going to be picking that up. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: Wow. All right, so that's it.
2: Yep, yep. Well, where can they find us, Car?
0: Google 3, the number 3, PagansAndACat.com. He's gotten so lazy. You say that every <laughs> <our> time. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so we have a website, it's the number3pagansonacat.com. You can find us on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook, Facebook. Pateo's Pagan, Redbubble, Patreon.
2: Patreon, we got that.
0: Pagan space
2: Discord. Any any of the uh pagan podcast yeah. platforms, yeah, <laughs> or just podcast just podcast platforms.
0: platforms. We're all on individually on Instagram, but but I never, no, I, I do. never. I'm I'm I do i post. instagram yeah. oh, no, I don't, don't bit. post. I don't. I'm, yeah, that's I'm, a, I'm it's exactly post. it. And just, Google, just, us. just Google us. Googling. Yeah, you'll <laughs> find everything. Cat,
2: you'll find a lot of shit. Yeah, that's true. We're pretty high up in the Google rankings for our specific. It's just so funny though. Here we are coming up on our two year anniversary, and he used to be all like, "No, I must do it." The specifics. And he, would, he would do all the whole spiel and all the spiel. Another and yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: go Google us. You'll find us.
2: We're out there somewhere if you care.
0: <laughs> well, in the beginning, you could Google us and we wouldn't freaking show true, up. True. So I had to tell we everybody have where to find it. So much anymore. That's true.
2: That's true.
0: Now oh we gosh. show up just you know kind of
1: <laughs> automatically. Okay.
0: Yeah. So that's true.
1: All right, so yeah, uh, you can find us around at various places. Hang out with us at the places yeah. that we are at.
0: Um, and then also, as you know, keep looking because we will have events coming up, and so yep. we'll be posting those
2: if we remember to add on our Facebook them. pages.
0: <laughs> uh, the events I remember to add. <laughs> so, all, all right, right. That's it. bye, bye,
2: right. friends, bye. Go do some sigils.
1: Click the damn button.
0: You've been listening to Three Pagans and a Cat. Find out more information at www.threepagansandacat.com.